Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 199th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, and you'll get $10 off your first Built Bar order. All right, ladies and gentlemen, to start off the show today... Let's talk about some Blackhawks news because, well, we actually have some to talk about. Lately, we've been seeing players have their final interviews with the Blackhawks media for the season. Yesterday, we heard from Corey Crawford, and I talked about that a lot on yesterday's episode. And today, we heard some good stuff from Alex DeBrinkett and Slater Cuckoo. And I also forgot to talk about Kirby Doc's interview yesterday, so we'll get to that this afternoon as well. By the way, sorry for getting this episode out a little later in the afternoon today, guys. I always try to have them up early in the morning or before everyone's lunch break, as early as I can. But today, I I had a lot of stuff going on in the afternoon. I had to write a couple of articles, and I had an interview as well. So, once again, apologies for that, but better late than never, right? Alright, anyways, going back to the Blackhawks news, Alex Dabrinkit had his interview with the media this morning, and I actually talked a good amount about Kitty yesterday since he was featured on our new Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, but it was interesting to hear Dabrinkit describe why, in his mind, he struggled this season after being so successful during his first two years in the NHL. And he started off his interview by saying just how different this experience was for him. And, I mean, when you look back on his career, the guy's really never had a season where things just didn't go his way like they did this year. In his first two seasons with the Erie Otters of the OHL, he had 51 goals in each season, which is what landed him as the Blackhawks' second-round pick in 2016. And then in his final year of juniors with Erie after being drafted by the Hawks, DeBrinkett exploded for 65 goals. You hear me correctly. 65 goals in one season for Alex DeBrinkett. And he translated that into his first year of the NHL. He didn't look like he have to ma- uh, didn't have to make too many adjustments as he led the Blackhawks with 28 tallies in 2017-18. And then last year, of course, well, we all know what he did with 41 goals in... Uh Forty-one goals and seventy-six points, nearly being a point-per-game player. So only scoring eighteen goals in seventy games this year was definitely a new experience for DeBrinket, and he flat out said that he's never had this problem in his life. But he took it as a learning experience. He wants to be more patient and not try to force things. And he also said that just because the puck wasn't going into the back of the net doesn't mean that he was playing badly. And I would agree with that. I don't think Dabrinkit was bad this season. He just simply didn't get the same bounces that he has in the past. He was also asked if he thinks just that, if he thinks the regression this year was because of the bad puck luck, or if he could have done more. To which he responded by saying both, like a true professional, saying that maybe in the past some shots that went in didn't, some that didn't deserve to go in, they did. But 
he's going to watch his tape in the offseason from this year and just kind of get back to doing what he does well, working on his shot and maybe changing the angles a little bit and hoping that he'll be able to squeak a few more in next year than he did in 2019-20. And taking a look at DeBrinket's numbers this season, a lot of his struggles could be tied to his poor play at even strength. He still led the Blackhawks with 10 power play goals this season, but he had just eight, that's right, eight even strength goals in 70 games this season, which is flat out embarrassing. In 2018-19, when he had 41 goals, a whopping 28 of them came at even strength. And I think a lot of this could be due to Jeremy Colleton never playing Alex Dabrinkit in a consistent role or on the same line with the same guys for a couple of the games. Dabrinkit was everywhere this year. He even got looks on the fourth line at times for some reason. But I think a good shooter like that, he needs to be playing with Patrick Kane. Whether it's Dylan Strom or Kirby Dock in the middle, I don't care. But 88's your best passer, 12's your best right-handed shooter. Get them on the same line for most of the season. That's that's one thing I couldn't stand with Colleton this year. He was so quick to change things up and kind of overthink the little things when they weren't going well. And to me, it just... <laughs> And probably not just to me, probably to everyone, it makes no sense to have your top goal scorer and Alex DeBrinkett playing on a third line, playing a third line role with Dylan Strome. That just doesn't make any sense. And I'm really sick of seeing that. Hopefully Jeremy Colleton could get whatever's going through his head back on track next season. Alright, coming up in just a minute, I am going to continue to talk about the Blackhawks' final interviews with the media this year, and I'll also have our fourth Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment on the show. But first, I need to talk to you about DoorDash, the best place to order the food you love online or through the DoorDash app. DoorDash has all your favorite eats near you for order delivery and for pickup with real-time order updates, contact-free delivery, and loads of restaurant reviews from other users. Right now, you can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. Once again, DoorDash is the best place to order your favorite food online for order delivery or for pickup. And if you use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, you can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just finished up talking about Alex DeBrinkett's interview with the Blackhawks media. Now let's move on to Slater Cuckoo's interview, which also took place this morning. And the parts of the interview that I want to talk about mostly have to do with Cuckoo's opinion on his current situation. So Cuckoo is one of a couple 
of restricted free agents the Blackhawks have to make a decision on this offseason. He joins the likes of Dylan Strom, Dominic Kubalik, and Drake Kajula. But Slater, or Kooks as I like to call him, not sure how many people have seen uh, the Netflix show Outer Banks. That's a term they use in their show, Kooks. But anyways, Cuckoo, or Kooks, talked about how much he really loves the Blackhawks organization and the city of Chicago, and he made it clear that he likes it here and would like to sign another contract with the team. He also said that he and Ole Mata clearly had something good going on on that third defensive pairing. And that's 100% true. Mata and Cuckoo, both in the visual test and possession-wise, were the Hawks' best defensive pairing this postseason. They were pretty darn good in the regular season, too. And the troubling part is that they both could be gone by December 1st for the start of next season. We know the Hawks are right up against the salary cap once again, so it's going to be tough to bring back a depth guy like Cuckoo. And then for Mata, he has a team-friendly buyout clause in his contract, and that could save the Hawks some serious cash this offseason. And as I just said, they're right up against the cap with some moves still to be made. So cutting Mata loose could be another tough decision that Stan Bowman is forced to make because of his previous mistakes. But looking at that Mata and Cuckoo pairing, not only did they clearly work well together on the ice, but they also apparently grew p- pretty close off of it as well. We heard Cuckoo talk to the media during these playoffs about how he and Ole hang out and play tennis together and whatnot. And I know the Blackhawks do have some good young defensemen coming up in the system, but I think throwing away a good thing for guys who are basically all potential at this point, I think that would be a mistake. But at the same time, I certainly understand that it's going to be tough to keep even just one of Cuckoo Armada. This just puts the Hawks in a really tough position. And for some reason, my my gut's telling me that Mata is going to stay just because of what he did in these playoffs. Quite the quite the dominant performance from a third def- uh, third pairing guy. We even dubbed him Ori Mata because of his offense in the postseason. But with guys like Ian Mitchell, Lucas Carlson, Nicholas Bodan, Dennis Gilbert, Chad Chris, Wyatt Kalanick, because we have so many of those guys already in the system, I think we might have to let Cuckoo go even though he was really good for us the last year, year and a half or so. And by the way, we traded Jan Ruda for Slater Cuckoo. That's a trade that doesn't get talked about enough. A really, really good one there from Stan Bowman, but unfortunately, because of his poor use of term length on contracts in the past, we may have to move on from Slater Cuckoo this offseason, sadly. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to be sure to talk about Kirby Doc's interview yesterday with the media following his impressive postseason, in which he tallied his first career postseason goal and five assists as well for six total points in his nine games played. There was a lot of talk in the first couple of days of the return-to-play training camp that Doc looked like a completely different player on the ice's Not only did he noticeably add on some muscle, but he also got a lot faster and just more confident in his abilities as a whole. And well, his hard work during the COVID-19 pause certainly paid off because in the regular season, he was kind of up and down and never really found any consistency. But 
during these playoffs, he was locked in as the Blackhawks' second-line center, playing a lot with Patrick Kane. And there were actually a couple of games during the qualifying round series against the Edmonton Oilers where Doc led all Blackhawks forwards in ice time. He was actually playing more than Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze were, which shows you, one, how good this kid is already for a teenager, and two, just how much Jeremy Colleton already trusts him both with and without the puck on his stick. Colleton said during the playoffs that Doc was one of the team's better defensive forwards, and then we saw him in the playoffs on the team's penalty kill, which is just another testament to how good this kid is going to be once he matures throws on a couple more LBs, and just gets some more experience under his belt. But the part of Doc's interview that I wanted to be sure to share with you all is that he knows he has to learn to shoot the puck. I think we all had at least one moment watching the Blackhawks in these playoffs where we yelled at Kirby through our TVs to shoot the puck, and it's good to know that he at least recognizes he's been too much of a pass-first player so far in his NHL career. He gets that shooting the puck more often will only make life easier for both he and his teammates. So he's going to be sure that he works on his shot a lot in this offseason. We only saw him score eight goals uh, during the regular season in 64 games. We'd like to see that go up a little bit more. Uh, And he also made it a point to mention that he's going to do a better job in the future of putting more pucks on net. And once he does that, oh boy, look out NHL because this kid has all the abilities to be one of the premier offensive players in the National Hockey League. All right, I think that takes care of all the Blackhawks interviews from the last couple of days that I wanted to mention on today's episode. Now it's time for our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, where I take a look at one player and discuss how they fared for the Blackhawks in their short postseason run. But first, I need to talk to you all about Roman. Roman handles everything from treatment to delivery of brand name ED medication genuine doctor-prescribed medication from U.S. licensed physicians. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today, and if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman can also be prescribed online and delivered right to your front door, so be sure to go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL, and if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment from U.S. licensed physicians. Locked on Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also always email the Locked on Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. For any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, I just wrapped up talking about Kirby Doc and Slater Cuckoo's interview with the Blackhawks media from this week. Now it's time for our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, with today's feature being the 2013 Conn Smythe Trophy winner, our boy Showtime, Patrick Kane. So coming into these playoffs, us Blackhawks fans kind of knew that this team would only go as far as Patrick Kane could carry them. 
And there were some concerns about whether or not he would be able to do that this time around as he hasn't been able to in the last two postseasons for the Blackhawks. In 2015-16, when the Hawks lost to the Blues in seven games in the first round, Kane had just one goal in that series. And then the next year against Nashville, Kane only had one goal once again in the four-game first-round sweep. And an interesting kind of statistic that I noticed about Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks in the playoffs When he scores one or fewer goals in a first-round series for the Hawks, they are 0-5 in that series. 2011 against Vancouver, only one goal for Kane. 2012 against Arizona, no goals in those six games. 2016 against St. Louis, one goal. 2017 against Nashville, one goal. And then this time around against the Vegas Golden Knights, Kane was only able to find the back of net once again in the five-game series. I don't think it's a coincidence that when Kane's not going, neither are the Blackhawks, as he's been the leader of that offense for about 10 years now. But looking at Kane in these 2020 playoffs, yes, he did finish with two goals and seven assists for nine points in nine games. But I think we all know that he did not do enough offensively for the Blackhawks to even have a chance against the Golden Knights in the first round. Kane started off the postseason on a good foot against the Oilers. He had four points in the first three games, but after that, he wasn't doing much in the offensive zone. He did have a a good three-point game in Game 3 versus Vegas, but all three of his points came in the second period. And besides that, he was pretty quiet for the remainder of the series. Looking at the first two postseason games against the Oilers, this is something I wanted to be sure to mention. Kane had seven shots on goal in Game 1, and then five in Game 2. And then, for the rest of the postseason, he never recorded more than three in another playoff game. I know Vegas was surely keying in on him, but every team is going to do that against Kane in the playoffs. And he just has to be doing more for the Hawks in order for them to be successful. I can't get too mad at Kaner, though, because he was playing well over 20 minutes every night, and he was doing his best to make something happen, but he he just didn't have the supporting cast around him. He didn't have enough help to get the job done. As I said, nine points in nine games, that's not bad by any means. But when you're arguably one of the top players in the entire league, in these crucial playoff moments, the elite of the elite, tend to rise to the occasion, and we just didn't see that from Patrick Kane in these playoffs. So considering all of this, I am going to give Kane a B- for his performance this postseason. As I said, 9 points in 9 games, that's not bad. But for Kane to have just 2 goals in those 9 games, that's completely unacceptable for a guy who gets close to 40 year in and year out. So hopefully going forward, we will see Kane get some more help from guys like Kirby Doc. Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom, etc. So we won't have to rely on only Kaner for the sake of our entire offense. All right, so I think that is going to wrap up Patrick Kane's 2020 postseason recap and Wednesday, August 26th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news from all the teams that are still remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey. 
for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.